Right, how we doing guys? Episode 7 of the Arvon Kahart Show podcast with my lucky number 7 guest, my one of my longest best friends who has been with me through thick and thin. It is, as we all know, Matthew Griffiths. How are you doing? Good evening, Arvon. How are you, mate? I'm alright, I'm alright. It was overdue, of course, getting you on the, on the show. It's a shame, obviously, that... Well, we were going to have, obviously, the trio going, but uh, we know Stephen's a little bit shy yeah. at the moment, but he would be the perfect yeah. Welsh version of Carl Pilkington. Oh, he's just uh, an extraordinary human being. The things that he comes out with is, is just pure stardust. It's comedy gold. gold. Dust, you know, it's, it's incredible. It is a shame that he couldn't join us, but hopefully in due course, when he is a bit more comfortable, he can join us. Uh, he has a lot of things to say, doesn't he? He's a... Uh, um, yeah, he's a <laughs> he's definitely a flipping unique specimen, and oh, I mean he's extraordinary. I mean, just purely extraordinary. And uh, uh, we've always sort of wanted to try and open up his head and just let things come out of his mouth. And he's quite good with that when it comes to being behind a keyboard. But when it comes to actually opening his mouth, he's uh, he's a bit less capable. But um, how many? You know, well. How many times has he, been, has he been banned on Twitter now? Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, Arvon, I've, I've, I've lost count, mate. Um, there was a time when he was being banned for literally the the same time of the year, and and I was consecutively <laughs> for about three or four years, and he's he's sort of settled down now. He's not seeing as many offensive things and insults. He has sort of like. Tone it down a bit, and uh, but uh, you know, that's Stephen. No, he's uh, outspoken. He's very opinionated, like us, really. So I can't, I can't knock him for that. He's he's entitled to his own opinion, and we're entitled to ours. So exactly. Um, Math. Obviously, we first laid eyes on each other in Year Seven. (laughs) Read a wine. That's where it all kicked off between me and you in this. Uh, craziness of a friendship. What? Yeah. Uh, what was your first sort of thoughts when you see me across? You probably thought, "Oh no, who's this guy looking at me?" Well, when I when we first were starting back in um, year seven, I actually remember the tables that we were all sat on. We were mainly in the same primary school groups that we were. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I would have been with Adam Parry, Ethan Williams, Michael Richards, and I think Josh Lewis was with us as well, because I think he, I think he lives in Glenith, doesn't he? But uh, he, he, does. he joined us. On your table, you had Stephen, Liam Bevan, um, was it Nick as well? Nick, would Megan have been there? Um, Nick would have been in there, I think, in the in the first year, wouldn't he? And Meg as well. Bron- Bronwyn, Bronwyn as well, maybe? Bronwyn, yeah. yeah. Tina? Would have been the... Abercon and Lot, yeah. I'm just trying to think. But, um, oh wow. Yeah, um, I think for the first year we probably stuck to our sort of primary schools, and then obviously throughout the year, then we just sort of merged in, didn't we? At some point, you know, we started to make connections and and uh, links between yeah. uh, each other, and uh, I think it just got to the point when, uh, yeah, we just sort of just gel. Yeah, 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 basically, yeah. We had similar interests, um, similar 
you know, we, we live quite close to each other. We it was yeah. just a case of we were in the similar sets with some of the subjects. Um Yeah. It was yeah, it was just a natural growing friendship in school and Yeah. Um, I think I think initially, um um I I liked you because you were you were friendly, you were polite and you were kind. Stephen was the total opposite. He was, he was <laughs> right. It, it, it's a soldier, right? Because he was so annoying and infuriating. Math, I, I, I gotta, I gotta, oh, I gotta cut you off, boo. Because if there's one way to describe Stephen, he was, uh, he was sort of oh, like man. the wasp that you try and fly away when you're trying to have your can of coke in the summer, and he keeps coming back, keeps coming back. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, Alp, it's it's quite astonishing because Stephen was just—he was a uh, a fawn. He was a fawn in your shoe, <laughs> and it was like I, I couldn't get him out because he was constantly sticking in my foot. And and it's magical because obviously his surname is Gardner and mine is Griffith. So eventually, the the school like classes adopted the system where. We'd be sitting next to the person who was alphabetically, Uh-oh. Um, you know. So obviously, me and Stephen were at one point sat next to him, and I was thinking, "Oh Christ, almighty!" It's crazy because I mean, we're, we're talking about sets. Like he was in set one math and stuff, like going through school, and you know, it's uh, ah, he's just phenomenal. I'm still yeah, still get that he obviously can't be with us tonight. Um, and I know. I, I remember, line. yeah, because I, I remember especially when we were put in the sets. Stephen was into science and mathematics. He was uh, in very good sets, and but you know that's the thing with school. Sometimes it uh, goes your way, and you, you adopt to the environment, and you do well. And other people like need um, other routes and other paths to uh, find their true way. So you know it's it varies for everyone, I think. And uh, you know, school wasn't initially. It was good for him because he was, like I said, in high sets. But then, um, and then uh, as time went on, he uh, he sort of lost touch really with school, and uh, you know, obviously he uh, he left and uh, pursued his own way really. So you're obviously very keen with your sport. You got your water polo. You like your running. I obviously watched you when you did your. I don't know. Can you not a triathlon? A, a diathlon. A quathlon, they called it. <laughs> a quathlon. Yeah, yeah, a So, you know, you obviously really, I've seen you obviously concede in fi- uh, playing finals and win, you know, trophies and. Yeah. What, what yeah. like, because was you playing water polo when you were in Rita Wine? Was you, or was that a later thing? Because you've always been a good swimmer, but was. Um, yeah, the swimming. I, I probably started. I started with an amateur swimming club, probably around GCSEs, maybe just a little bit before. Um, it was uh, it was called Nexus. It's based in Aberdeen, but they had like branches um, all over like um, the South Wales valleys, and and yeah, that was like a that was for a lot of um, our young people. That was probably the first experience they would have had of competitive swimming or swimming at a at a higher level so that was probably my first experience and that was around uh, GCC times so or around year 10 or whatever um, 
I started water polo quite late in comparison to most other guys and uh, people who started because they would start it quite early on through mini polo and then they progress up the pathway uh, to, you know, learning how to train and then learning how to compete and then playing to win. Mm-hmm. And so I sort of started water polo quite late, probably about 2011 is probably when I started competing. And that, that was, that is, you know, quite late. Um, I, so, yeah. My appreciation, and, yeah. my appreciation for the sport went through the roof. Obviously, I'm not the best of swimmers. Um, but the fact, you know, how to keep yourself afloat, obviously, while trying to, you know, work with the ball, while trying to, with the tactics, and even, it can get quite, um, quite nasty to some degree. Like, you've got to make yeah. sure, like, the players have got their nails cut. I know it sounds daft, but, you know, you don't want yeah. to be clawing someone underneath the water and, you know, cutting oh, yeah. up people for days. Yeah, it literally, your your nails can literally be like daggers, and uh, like you just mentioned, Arv, it, it can be um, quite a, an aggressive sport. You've got players who will give you wedges in water. They'll <laughs> in water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally, they will try anything to get the upper hand over you, and they'll do when the referees are looking, and they will try anything. They'll. Um, I've had players try to whack me across the head in the teeth um, and yeah I, I, of course I, I'm a quite a clean player I would never try any any of those tactics myself but that's just one element of the game oh, the rest of it you know muscular endurance muscular strength you've got like I said you've got to constantly tread water because by the law of the game if you touch the bottom of the pool especially when you receive the ball or on the ball then it's a foul it goes the other way so you've got to constantly tread water you've got to constantly keep your body afloat to pass a block to shoot and it's like i said like it's it's the high tempo of it you're attacking for 30 seconds then you'll be going back 25 meters to defend and that's constant for you know um seven minutes per quarter so it's a really intense high tempo sport it's incredible really could you ever have seen yourself going at like a really really high level like did you ever ever get was there any scouts or something that you could have maybe picked you up one day because you're not you know you you are probably one of the only players that when i've watched people play water polo like you just naturally find it so easy to drift from one side and i know it sounds a bit it sounds easy as you say but the way you drift from one side of the pool to the other is just effortless and Maybe yeah. maybe you could work on your shooting accuracy, and uh, I'm not gonna talk. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk that. More. Yeah, we're not gonna dip into that. I'm not gonna yeah. talk more. <laughs> but the way, like, so I I would probably describe it as dribbling in the water. I find that you're probably one of the best playmakers, and like I'm, I you know, I would have thought that if a scout had to come by, they they could have utilized that for obviously at the higher level. Um. I think the first part of your question here was if I if it was possible for me to reach like the senior uh, level, like a national level. Yeah. It is possible. Obviously, because I started the sport quite late in comparison to most people who who play the sport. It it is. I am sort of starting a bit further back to most players, and I think 
other players are probably naturally better than me anyway. I mean, you just got to look at some of the players that play for my club. Uh, you've got probably, I'd say most of our players in the senior men are Welsh national players. You know, you've got an incredible squad, which which I take part in. You know, you've got Jacob Edwards, you've got Arlen, you've got Stefan and Nathan. You've got Christoph as well. You, you've got James Main. You've got so many players in our team. And, and they're not just good at one thing. These guys are, if you combine all the attributes together, then this is a widespread of so many good qualities in a team. And as a team, that's how we've done quite well to achieve, um, if you like, silverware and good success at our level. And so they've just achieved like, an international. Just yeah. like any sport, then obviously there's levels to to any sport I I uh, from when watching you guys obviously the, you know there's a re- yeah there's a reason why you you've won so much silverware when I see um, well even playing football when I was playing five aside I um, was fortunate to play against my boss's I think cousin or brother who is called Gareth Williams and he played for Wales, played for Bristol Rovers, played for Exeter, played for, um, yeah, you know, some of the most top clubs, West Ham. Yeah. And pl- we played against him in, in a five-a-side. And, and, yeah, you just... I know I'm, I'm quite fit naturally anyway, and I can run and and be... I'm sort of like an Angaro Kante with just only the athletic ability and nothing else. So I'll win the ball back and, and, and give it to someone who can do something with it. But just like the footwork and, and the, the it's just like that football brain and obviously with you, you'd have your water polo brain and you see it in golf, you see it in basketball and, and you go to what you said about starting late. I think there is so much of an advantage if you start as a kid. There's always yeah. of that muscle memory. Your brain, your, your your brain is like a sponge, and you're only gonna absorb that information ten times. I think it was my driving instructor who said to me, the the students who learn at like sixteen, uh, well, seventeen, eighteen, tend yeah. to do better because they not only you know can learn a little bit faster, but also they have like no sense of danger. They have no sense of like most of the hazards. Whereas when you're like thirty five, you know there's tripping stuff on the road that can hurt you. You know there's hazards, and you sort of overthink it really. So definitely yeah. starting younger with a lot of things definitely helps out. Yeah, I think the main advantage that uh, the guys I mentioned um, um, a little earlier on was. The fact because they went through mini polo, they would have developed their fundamental movement skills in water polo early on. Like the key, the key one probably is egg beater. And um, 2011 is when I started, so I would have been that was 10 years ago. So I would have started about 15, 16 years of age. So I mean, by that age, the guys have already got their egg beater skills going and plus other skills in water polo that. Uh, coincide with that and at that point I'm I'm just learning it so they've obviously got that big advantage over me and despite obviously I'm I was older than them at that point but obviously they've got the skills already yeah. uh, learned and developed and I'm, I'm just learning it so I think if you're going to compare um, those guys uh, on, on their level to mine um, I've had my coach Dal say that I'm only probably a level b- uh, below them um, you know, obviously there is like a, a clear difference between my level and their level because those guys are 
unreal and, and he deserved to be in a well squad and um you know obviously there's there's always a way I can uh, get integrated into the team and there's and other people as well I think they've got these um these clinics every month or so or at least they would do in, in normal circumstances where you know um the well squad train together and I think if there were other athletes who wanted to join in in this in these clinics I think they're called regional training clinics okay and you know they they have them in like um Aberavon and like um any pro any good pro young prospects who wanted to go up into the senior squad or the uh, development squads then they would join these clinics to uh to do yeah as a trial basically so you know definitely if um if there's anybody listening who fancies uh who reckons they can uh, cut it at a national level would probably, <laughs> you know, definitely give that a go well you do a lot for your your polo at water polo club you look at you know i i am right in saying you do look after the social media account and design the website and yeah that is that's right yeah, i am um, i call myself the uh club administrator because it, it looks good <laughs> on uh, linkedin <laughs> it looks really good but uh, yeah um it, it was nice to be sort of recognized for the effort i do um i think i first got recognized back in 2016 when they gave they had they got these presentation nights um as any club would do but um they sort of arranged the play of the year award from the players point of view so that you know the, the players player of the year award yeah. uh, t- uh, to me because um the efforts that i gave to the club and the amount of commitment devotion and and pride i give to the club and uh, they'd uh, given that award to me for 2016, which was, you know, I, I didn't expect it at all. They went behind my back and did that. So, oh, um, honestly, they, uh, the I, effort, I, though, man. Nice, uh, the effort that yeah. you put in, I mean, it's, well, just anything, even as something as when you went to watch the Euros um, with Wales, like, you're planning when it comes to it. Like you go above and beyond with with anything, and and obviously that shows to why you, you are where you are today. Um, it's it's I'm surprised you haven't had more awards with you. I'm gutting. It's gutting because uh, some of the what was that thing we went to in the Millennium Stadium where you oh it, yeah, Principality. It it was the third year of university, and they had like. A, a pre, like awards night for the University of South Wales for like all, all the years and my award for was for well no my nomination was for the uh, uh, professional practice award and I was up against very stern competition and uh, what I did was was good because my I, I did my um, my placement and my projects in the, in the third year and I all, all throughout the my tenure at, at uh, university they could tell that I was anywhere I went. Um, I would always wear the Uni South Wales like crest on my, uh, you know, on my uh, shirt. I'd wear it with pride, and I would represent the university in the best way I can. Yeah. And yeah, I think just from doing that for various different uh, roles, different uh, organisations, like in every kind of any kind of environment or situation, they they thought you know he is somebody that we've got to nominate for this award. Um, you know, along with other people who did some fantastic things, and yeah, I was runner-up to that 
or at least, you know, I, I was very happy to get a nomination, but uh, yeah. the person who'd um, won it, he, he was, yeah, he, he deserved it to be fair to him because he, he had run a very, an excellent project and he was, uh, yeah, so he deserved you did, that, um, to be honest. You did a sports science degree, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And obviously, you did very well. You got a first class honours. Yeah, it's not bad, is it? <laughs> which was yet, which yet again is a an idea of you know your work ethic and your hard work and not I, I don't know if I can name names, but I'm de- you definitely uh, took a few others across the line with you and and got um you know got their ass off their seat to put in <laughs> a bit of work to get a better grade, but. Uh, Probably won't yeah. name any names, but you were. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it was uh, the kind of thing. My my philosophy has always been to try and make a difference, to try to facilitate people to achieve um, what they want, what they can do, you know. And uh, yeah, obviously, I've had to help a few people along the way, but. Um, the way I see it, a lot of people do see life as a as a competition, and in a, in a lot of cases, that is the, that is how it is. But I see it more as a journey. I want other people to achieve and accomplish well, as I want for myself. So that's always been my sort of mentality, really. And uh, I I managed to achieve in an excellent academic overall grade for myself and somebody else, you know, by giving them the support and encouragement they needed so double win i've got two degrees <laughs> <laughs> what um what uh obviously you know sports science as, as a degree what gcse's going back to read wine did you take um back before gcse's i took french spanish geography was the ones i picked as additional options yeah so why ones. not why not sport back then was it not on the radar was it on the radar what um, I think I probably wasn't at the right mentality to take sport at that point in time. I I was keen to do it, um, but um, my physical education teacher and my father at the time, they uh, sort of both collectively thought that I wasn't quite up to it at that point because... Um, I probably wasn't at the right mentality to do it. Um, I, I would, I, I'm, I am a bit of a perfectionist, but sometimes when things don't, uh, back then, when things didn't go my way, um, I would tend to, you know, uh, sulk and be upset and uh, I, I wouldn't be able to get my head around it. And I think when you're doing sport, you know, things don't go, things never really go the way you want them perfectly, like 100%. And I think, uh, taking a, a career path in sport, you've got to be open-minded to things changing, you know, especially things to do with playing or coaching or any yeah. sort of role in sport, really. So I think at that point in time, when I, wa- when I was keen to do PE as a GCC, I think they were right to tell me that um, at that time, I wasn't at the right point to be studying it and I should try and maybe find my own lane somewhere else and obviously that didn't quite work out the way I wanted it to so I had to think back to what was really what was what kind of career what I really want to try and carve out for myself and what kind of things do I appreciate in life what kind of Mm -hmm. aspects do I want to follow and 
eventually he just uh, he just came back to sport after that and I got to thank um Korea's Wales for that because they sort of got me back on track to uh to study sport in uh, in college and 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 uh in college I got the best result possible overall grade and uh went down to university got the best overall grade so I'm going you know, to yeah, uh, I'm yeah. going to take a little bit of credit for that college uh qualification because uh one of your modules you had to give someone a, a sports massage and <laughs> <laughs> lo and behold yeah. I uh, thought I'd give it a go and uh, it was not quite what I thought yeah. it was going to be I thought it was going to be a general chat talk about <laughs> football you know chill have a laugh all of a sudden it's a proper yeah. proper assessment I'm not allowed to say a word I've spilled my coffee somewhere I've left my bags all over the place uh, and I, I nearly got so awkward and you you having to rub my car forever and, and the assessor is like what it, what's this part of the body what's this part of the body what does this do if you do this and I'm there thinking oh my god this is not yeah not what I expected it to be, but you know, like like you said, you had your challenges growing up, and to be honest, I think when it's quite difficult. Like you know, when you go when you are going through your, your young teenagers, who actually yeah. really knows what they want to do where they create? Like you don't know yeah. what you want to do. Like you, nobody yeah. knows. I mean, it's very, well, it's very real. You, but you don't know what you want to do when you're fourteen, fifteen. You know, for, generally, some people they just want to have fun. Like, there's some argument to think like eighteen is too young to to go to university because you you're still so young and you want to yeah. explore. You want to know yourself, find more. But like, look at me. I I I didn't go to you. Well, I only went to uni because of my apprenticeship and the only reason why I'm gonna get my my degree in chemistry is through the well through yeah just going through my apprenticeship and my job and it's I didn't know I yeah. mean at one point I was joining the military I was joining the Royal Marines so <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, I mean yeah um I I could I can relate completely because sometimes you just got to find your own lane and sometimes people find it straight away and they've got they find the niche straight away and for other people it's totally different they gotta try various different kind of things and eventually they will find out one thing that they think you know what i love doing this i want to do this for the rest of my life and yeah. and yeah uh, it's it's just one of those things it's it, it varies for everybody and uh, yeah, but before you Aravon, um you you've um you got this opportunity that you got right now. Um obviously some would look at it and would say that it's fallen kind to you, but from for me, for me, right, I, I think that you persevered through some really tough times to get to this opportunity. You worked diligently, you were Consensus and you stuck to it all the way through and I gotta that, say that is that takes guts and that takes that takes courage. One of my favorite things, right? And I got told this many, many times, and I, I, I absolutely thrive off it. And it's 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 the sentence where someone comes up to me and they go, "You're so lucky. You're so lucky to do what you do." But but for some reason, you, do you know what I find? I find that the harder I work, the luckier I get. So yeah, you make you your make own luck at the end of the day. Yeah. 
The yeah. harder I work, the luckier I get. And well, you you I went through a horrible time with my GCSEs, and obviously, mom was unwell, and had to build back yeah. up. And and but ah, uh, I I I'm just looking to to you know to cure a good future and. Yeah, yeah, some things have fallen I mean, quite nice, but this yeah, that's that's what you know resilience and perseverance is. You know, no matter how tough things get, um, you just got to keep going. And if you've got if if you've got achievements or if you've got any dreams that you truly want to accomplish, then you've got to, you've got to persevere through the incredibly tough times ahead and. If you really want to achieve it, then you've got to go through it. Just go for the motions, and and yeah, I I I, um, I remember very recently that we were we were all feeling like a a, a bit down um, yeah. recently because we were thinking, you know, when this pandemic would end, when could we go back to a regular state of affairs? But then I think we just needed reminding of how far we have gone since those very early days. Like I mentioned, like how far have we gone since then? And what, what have we achieved? You know, all the things that we've gone through, you know, you, me and, and Steve as well as a trio. Yeah. Oh, a thousand percent. I, to, to, to think of some of the situations we've all been in and to think where we are now is definitely, definitely a, a mental I, I It's obviously hindsight is a great thing. And, and, if I if my twenty five year old self could speak to my fifteen year old self and be like, it's gonna be okay, I'm thinking, no, it's flipping not. <laughs> it's flipping dreadful right now. <laughs> it's dreadful right now. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I. Um, but that's, that's like every. I think everyone's feeling it. You know, COVID wise, it's it's gonna be. But what we're we're in March now. What it's the twenty fifth tomorrow. So well, the fourth today. So it's nineteen days. Until it's been a year since Boris put on the the full lockdown, March twenty third, so it, it's nearly a full year of of everyone sort of having to be in isolation and lockdown and shielding and losing family members and yeah, I I can't. Ugh, it's it's such a flipping powerful word, but you know depression is 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 something that's probably ran through a lot of it well the majority of people's minds through the last year or so and it's natural you know at the end of the day we're we're um social creatures if you want and we love to chat we love to go out we love to spend time with each other and the fact that you've now got to stay inside and i mean luckily for me i've obviously got my work to allow me to to leave the house and and do what i do and, and You've obviously you now working in the vaccine um sort of center helping out with that yeah clinic and, yeah and it's but there are generally some people more likely in their late late you know later years or who have an underlying condition who have literally not left their house at all and I can't even imagine having to 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 be stuck in a house for a full year and. The only way you've gotten food is someone delivers it to you. The only way you've made contact with someone is if someone calls yeah. you. Like that's just ah, oh, it's just such a, a horrendous. I know. Uh, it's. I, I think that those people have just got to think. You know, the uh, better days will come, and it, it's at large points of um, throughout this past year. You know that has felt like 
you know, those days will never return or will never come. But uh, I think the way I try to think about it is that um, by tomorrow, we'll be one whole day closer to returning back to a regular state of affairs. And I, we, I think we're just going to think like that. We've, we are getting closer to, to that point. We are getting closer each time. Well, I seen I seen on the news before coming on um, with the podcast, and the numbers now um, are only down to like four thousand in total. Um, either was the UK like cases today or something like that, which was a massive drop of set of of sixty seventy thousand um, during the peak. So it's dramatically dropped. I think there was one death in Wales in twenty four hours yesterday. Like number of cases in hospitals, it's really now starting to see some sort of light at the end of the tunnel. Hopefully, I mean, come next year, I can have a decent graduation. I can have a proper wedding. I mean, me and yeah. you can, and Stephen and some of the other boys can all start to go out and, and watch football again, watch Newport, hey. watch us. Oh, it's gonna be oh, Arvon, you must be probably desperate if you if you want to uh, go to Newport. I'm a massive football. fan of Newport. What are you on about? I've oh, seen tens of games. You're, you're such a huge fan, but you know, I say I've been all to the, I, been, I can't, uh, been all the big games. You know, against Spurs, Man City, <laughs> Leicester, <laughs> Leicester, Leeds, yeah. no Leeds. Yes, Leeds. Yeah. Yes, he went to Leeds. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Sean McCoskey header. Ah, oh, was that like in the ninetieth minute or something? Yeah, it was later on. Yeah, and oh, uh, superb. Yeah, can't fault it. What have they? What have I just read? They've gone to Cardiff's ground or something. Yeah, well, in order to sort of put m- m- momentum back into their promotion chase, they've got to play on a proper ground. Like this has been sort of the theme for many years. It is great that they've got Roddy Parade because it's central in Newport. They're in the city centre. It is. You know, for the fans, it's great. You've got pubs, you know, we've got shopping centers around. So, in terms of location, it's great. And the stadium facilities are good. It's just the turf is being used by Gwent Dragons, Newport County themselves, and also Newport Odyssey at the, at the time of this podcast. So, there's three teams playing on it and training on it and whatever they do. And it, it's getting completely mulched. Uh, it's getting eaten up and, and they... Newport are finding it very hard to play in it because it's getting to the point now where their, their home games are quite difficult to play on because of this pitch. And they're probably looking forward more to away games when they can play in a hard to pitch because the home turf is at a very poor quality. And now they have arranged with the English Football League to play their home games away from Ronnie Parade for the remainder of the season or at least for the next two games. I think they're playing at the Cardiff City um, Football Cup Stadium uh, for the next few games, at uh, which will be their home games. And it's it's a lot better for them in terms of trying to get momentum back in their yeah. promotion chase, you know, because they were, they were first and second for a long time. And obviously they've got a few games at hand because a few of their games got postponed because of waterlogged pitch and frozen pitch. So they've got a few <laughs> games at hand, and but they've got to try and uh, win those games now and, and get some... Uh, life back into their chase for a promotion spot. Awfully. Obviously, um you were well, I don't know, I are you still how what what are you like with supporting Chelsea these days? Because I know it's been some sort of controversial I think 
growing up now, it obviously was the big thing, you know, Chelsea man, United, Liverpool, and all. But even some, even Stephen, who's a massive Liverpool supporter, like uh, money yeah. is starting to spoil the top game at the end of the day. Like it's not about loyalty anymore, or about you know having a destiny, or it's all about what how many zeros can I get on a paycheck for for as long as I can. So what um, what are you like with with Are you still a massive Chelsea fan? Um, I would say so. Um, I, of course, I started supporting Chelsea. I I sort of follow them as a club. They 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 are the club that go into love football because I probably no I definitely started following them probably from the year two thousand when I got FIFA two thousand. For the computer. Oh, before the, Abram- right before the Abramovich year then. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, literally, they, it was great because you had, um, you could play on your computer, FIFA 2000, and uh, the club that I always picked to play was Chelsea because they had, oh, they had such a great team back then. He had, oh, he <laughs> had Frank Azola. Literally, you, you could, um, for the computer, you, I think it was cool you could do to do like um, roulettes and all these. Yeah you know, tricky skills. So w- that was Zola, right? Was incredible. You had uh, Dennis Wise, you had Poyet in midfield, you know, Wise would just, oh, he'd chop your legs off. He'd be <laughs> so rough. And, and uh, Poyet, you know, oh, his range of passing was excellent. You had uh, players in defence like uh, Desai, you had uh, uh, Leboeuf, you had, you had Chris Sutton at the point up in attack who, uh, you know, he wasn't the best Chelsea player there was, but uh, the year after that, we had Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank for the 2011, wow. uh, 2001, sorry, and uh, he was a powerhouse. Well, that's... So, uh, he had, he had Tory Andrew Flo as well in that team. Uh, yeah, uh, we had so many good players. You had uh, Celeste Babayaro as well. He had uh, Ed De Hoy in goals. Uh, yeah, that team <laughs> was unreal. Well, Green so as left back. Uh, it was great. So, uh, as... I loved playing at Chelsea back in 2000 and 2001. Playing, you know, it was a, a great team to play with. And I think um, playing as Chelsea, I, I got to learn the players and that sort of went on to watching them on TV. And I love watching them play on TV, you know, in in you know in the Premier League, in the FA Cup. Of course, you know, them, them winning it uh, on two occasions, you know, against Middlesbrough and Aston Villa. It was... And uh, I think... I, I just kept on following them until, obviously, they got to the point when the club was in dire straits in 2003. They had no choice to, but to sell the club to a, a rich Russian billionaire. And this was the man who could bring them out of this brink where, you know, this club could have collapsed. They would be in dire straits. They would have been gone if it wasn't for him. So they had... A lot of people will lambast Chelsea for accepting, you know, the uh, Rowan Brownfish's offer to buy the club, but they had no choice at that point. It was either I know. accept the offer and he would make sure there'd be no financial issues or insecurity for a long, long time or just possibly die as a club, you know, just go defunct. Who, who was it again um, that scored the million-dollar, million-billion-dollar goal again to, you know, to get us into the Champions League in 2003 four. Gronkia, Jasper Gronkia. Oh my word! He scored against Liverpool, and uh, yeah, uh, Desai scored uh, that day. Um, and then Sammy Hoppia, of course, a, a big uh, player. 
um, of uh, Stephen's favourites. He, he's um, he named uh, his dog after Sam Hupia. That's and, uh, where yeah. that's where he's got Sam from. Yeah, that's, that's where he's from. Yeah. Oh my yeah. word! I never knew that. I never knew he named that dog. That you know, is that's a little trivia question. That is mad. Yeah. I. That's, I I just thought it was some random name that he's putting some sort of dog name generator or something. But <laughs> that's crazy. Um, but, uh, yeah, literally, you know, um, obviously, I have, since then, I, I've always followed Chelsea. I've always, they've always been a team that I love watching. Um, like you said, um, well, obviously, it's following them, up until, you know, 2010, 11, 12, that's when they were starting to really achieve as a team. Um, obviously, they achieved under Mourinho in 2004-5, but, the, you know, the Champions League was probably the one they were chasing for a long, long time. And in 2012, you know, I, I remember that you've been on the floor, you know, with tears of joy when they won the Champions League final. That was just the most incredible uh, night of my life. Like, oh, yeah, what a, watching football. What a, probably one of the best. I mean, outstanding. I remember watching the semi final with Torres going up one on one with Valdez, and yeah. just I think I must have woken the neighborhood up. I, it, well, I mean, even that game against Napoli 4 1, I just I still remember that Ramirez crossing the drug, but to this day, yeah. To, header to Lamp- in the bottom yeah, corner. Terry's header oh. to Lampard's penalty to Ivanovic's hundred and fifth. Ah, it's well. I mean, through through school, I mean, me and you would 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 trivia each other with Chelsea. We would make sure that we knew all the players' names to the numbers to you know yeah. trivia about the players. And well, yeah, I mean, we know how I got into Chelsea with my dad's pub sort of, of story. Um, M- mention in your previous podcast, um, you know, a little, uh, little promo for one of your previous ones. A little, little <laughs> bit of a plug. I don't know which one it was in, but it's definitely one of them. And yeah, it's. Um, I don't think, other than me and yourself, I don't know because everyone was more. Everyone else was United, supporting Liverpool, Liverpool, Man United, Arsenal. Yeah, I can't remember anybody other than me and you in school, in college, supporting any other team. Um, they obviously um my good friend Dylan. He's a big Chelsea fan as oh, well. He's, um, How could I forget Dylan? If you do listen to this, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I forgot. You're you um, six foot yeah. seven self, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think the second part of the question was how do I feel about them now? Um, um, it's. I still love watching them as a club, and I, I'll, I'll always support them because they are the club that I that they got me to love football, and I, and I was always love them as a club. Obviously, I'm sort of a bit desensitised with um, all, all of the uh, financial things that's going on with the football nowadays because you know media has had so much influence in in the sport in very recent years. You know, it's it's a a multi-billion game now, and uh, yeah. it, it's it has gotten really excessive now. You, you know, you're getting transfer fees, which were you you think you know 200 million for a player. You think a few years ago, no, that wouldn't happen. But you know, and you've got clubs which have broken the barrier. You know, you've got clubs who have broken, you know, um, FPP rules, and uh, Chelsea obviously got the ban 
And bit of a blessing, in my well, opinion. How have how have other clubs got away with it? You know, how have you know teams like Barcelona, Man City? How would they manage to? Exactly. And PSG, how are they screamed out of it? You know, they, they oh, must have it's crazy. found a way past it. Uh, but um, if Chelsea and Newport County were to play, I often get queried this: if they were to play each other, and if I was asked if they were to play each other in the FA Cup or League Cup, who would I support? I think it would it would have to be Chelsea. I think I... controversial. I'm curious um, to what Chelsea has with I I I don't know. Can you blame Chelsea? So obviously, um, what I'm what I mean is we have one major issue. Well, two. You you could argue two. We we have a very massive changeover of managers. But one thing that always leads to that is our downfall. Is our, is our downfall of strikers. I don't. Understand how we get someone like Shevchenko, deadliest striker at the time, AC Milan, yeah, and then the numbers of goals drop. That you've also got Torres, and now Timo Werner. Like I don't understand how we are buying these absolute killers on the pitch for other clubs, and they come to Chelsea. I mean, obviously we've had superb other strikers, obviously like Drogba. I mean, Ian Robben was absolutely golden for us. Um, oh, he was an incredible player. Maluda, incredible. we've had obviously we've had world class players always, but there's something about buying strikers. I mean, we could have had Luis Suarez on a free transfer last season; it would have been great. Um, yeah, it, it's it's been a bit of a topsy turvy position for us. Uh, the striker position, we've had some truly incredible players in attack, you know, as a, a forward, but. Yeah, it, it's been. It's it's sort of like some players in our position have, have uh, truly excelled and, and have set the bar really high for their success. Uh, and you know, with those kind of players that they just couldn't uh, couldn't quite deliver. And uh, you know, I, I'm thinking of players like you had Hasselbank. You know, back in 2001, Richard, he was he was a monster. He was so powerful, and he was. That's uh, an incredible play, and uh, Tori Andre Flo around that point as well was a, a very good striker, mm-hmm. and you know from that point on, then you've got to say probably Didier Drogba was what well, you know for many many years. Even though a, a lot of people don't appreciate the fact that even though he wasn't scoring like twenty five goals a season. You know, on some season because sometimes he was called away because the African Cup of Nations, sometimes because he had injuries. Yeah. You know, he he was a clutch player. He was the player that on the he was the big man for the big occasion. He was the player that if this club needed a player who was going to uh, grab him by the cusp of the neck and to pull him through, he was always going to be that player. I mean, look at, look at every FA Cup final, the Champions League, well, the Champions League campaign. I mean, at one point, he's playing left-back, first and up at striker. Like, any any big game, he, you are right, he was just, you just knew. And I think the defenders of the opposite team, you just knew that there was a goal. He just had it. And, ah, it's a shame, obviously, we, we haven't got, I don't, I don't. I mean, other than the likes of Hazard at the time, where Costa. you just knew there was going to be a Costa was Costa. Costa was 
He was brutal in front of the goal. Absolute maverick. He was the, the things that that man would do. Like sometimes on his own, he, he could hold up the ball. He could. Uh, his shooting could be from outside the box into the box. He his movement was excellent. You know, he was not afraid to get his teeth into a game. I think he definitely you know, had the right. He definitely had the right mentality for the Premier League in terms of he really did not care what other players thought of him. He would do what he had to do to get a goal. He was rough and ready. He also had the skill. I think it was his first goal, uh, his first game was first goal for Chelsea and it was West Ham. outside the box, sort of 20, yeah. odd, 20 yards. Like last something. minute, it was, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. So I think that is what it comes down to the difference in terms I think we're always gonna have them. Def- we're always gonna have good defenders. We're always, have- we're always gonna have good playmakers. It's just strikers has always been one of them things. But that's what we, you know. I think that's the beauty of, of supporting a club. You know, you go through the downs, you go through the highs, and and it's gonna happen no matter who you support. It's just what happened for me yeah. and yourself. It's Chelsea. But enough about Chelsea. This podcast is all about you, Matthew. You, you, you're the guest. So more about yourself leaving school you know you get your GCSEs um, A-levels what why why college come with for your um, college qualifications why what got you to go to college college come with going through you know your years up until now it was it was newly built at the time <laughs> it was a brand new college fair enough um, you know uh, but of course when there's a new college, you've got a fresh, crisp new environment to learn in. You know, yeah. you've got, which obviously we thought at the time was state-of-the-art facilities and equipment. And when I went there for the open day, and when I spoke to um, Al Lewis, the uh, the uh, course tutor for sports, I, I, I just thought that this this was for me and I really wanted to go here. And um there was it, this this course was quite high in demand. Yeah. Um but I think what they did was they managed to get everybody on but they had to split them up into two groups. Which was fine, you know. But uh yeah I, I think I, I was really keen after speaking to Korea's Wales at the time, after my um A levels didn't go the way I wanted them to, they said, you know, you know what do you enjoy? What what do you reckon you want to have a career out of? And what are you doing now, which uh, you feel that you're good at? And I was thinking, well, both of these things are lean to sport. So they were really good in finding me this course, which was a BTEC Level 3 Extended Diploma in Sport. And it was in Kamaiv. It's a brand It's a brand new facility. And you know, the staff are excellent. And went different open day. I I I thought this place was me, and luckily I got onto the course and had two fantastic years there. I really enjoyed it, and uh, well, that 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 played the platform to go on to university then. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm getting to. It obviously didn't do you any harm, and I think that's where a lot of schools are now. It's so it's quite rare now that some schools have an A level sort of campaign in terms of. In Aberdeen, um, in South Wales, now they've got that. They've merged three or four schools into that big mega school near where you live. Um, yeah. You've got 
other other you know secondary schools who don't even have an A level system anymore, and and you have to go to college if you want to carry on. It's I don't know whether it's to do with funding or um you just haven't got the, the qualified teachers or but it's definitely college seems to be and I think as well as I think by it could be something as small as you're allowed to wear whatever you want to wear. I think some people just love the fact that they can wear their own clothes, express themselves. You know, college is such a variety. But I tell you what surprised me the other day. Um, a colleague in work has a son, and um, that son is um, now choosing their GCSEs. And the variety of choice that they've got now is more than ever than we could have ever have ever thought. Like the they've even something as simple as like business studies, um, architecture is is on the cards. Um, there's like triple you know science. I don't think we even had that in Rewind. There's so much more. I obviously if I seen the list again, I could name all the the the, the subjects. But there's I I mean we only had the basics like history, geography. Yeah art yeah. uh it you know woodwork yeah. like they they have got incredible like exceptional a diverse, subjects a, a diverse range of them now isn't it yes and i, I yeah. you know i think oh, would i probably would have still done something that resulted you know around science and numbers um if even if i did have the variety that i did now but it's crazy to think things are getting harder into in terms of I do think students are learning more harder topics at a younger age than probably we did. Um, it's it's mm. it's just uh, it just tends to be that the 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 way the students are going through studying is is more different than ever, and I can't even imagine how crazy it must be to go through. I mean, the A level students wouldn't even have done any exams at the moment. It's it in AS and A2, I think they haven't even done any exams. And it does worry me a tad when they come to university, how will they deal with, like, the stress of, like, university-level exams? Yeah. Uh, it's it's a it's a fine balance, this one. It, um, you know, if you have it too much one way or the other way, then it, it's, it will cause an imbalance. And it'll, it'll cause shortages with uh either way really so it's i i do feel that a lot of the experiences that we had uh at at their age um they the education health boards and you know the le leading bodies of education probably learned a lot of lessons from from our experiences and they we were essentially we, we were probably the guinea pigs from most most of what they implemented at the time and then they shaped that around how we responded and how the guys who've got education now, obviously, it, it, it has been put into turmoil a bit now because of the pandemic. But um, they, they've the lessons that would have been learned from the governing bodies of education, you know, would have been implemented for the kids right now. And, uh, yeah, it's how that, that's the way it is, really, isn't it? How have you been coping during the pandemic, bringing that topic up? I I know you have been a massive help for me in terms of, um, I mean, we've had lots of chats and making sure that we stay, you know, thoughtful-wise positive. Um, you, 
are doing a lot of exercise more than ever. I know, well, you don't need to work on them calves because they're like flipping basketballs. You know, you could oh. cha- you could chase them my way, Fippinek. I it's it's I know you've been I mean you've just recently got a barbecue on the go. How's how's that going? Um yeah, well my uh my parents just uh, sort of want to want it's always been um sort of oh what what how can I say sort of like a little bucket list where they, they wanted the barbecue. We had one years ago, but um I suppose in time it it, it probably uh, just didn't work, and then we just probably got rid of it. But uh, we have got a brand new one now, and uh, we've got the uh, the canister for it to provide the the, the gas. And uh, you know, we'll test it out over the uh, uh, forthcoming months and see how it works. And uh, yeah, no, but uh, that's been one of the things we wanted to do. Um, I've been helping my parents like with home improvements. I should have help them with uh, the coving in the uh, hallway with the wallpaper. Uh, we've done the greenhouse. We've done the garage. I took a, a massive effort at. Um, oh, what else have we done? We've done, yeah, we've done quite a few things around the house, just improved stuff. You know, just stuff helping my parents. And because, uh, you know, they've been living in this house for, um, oh, like, before I was born. So it, it is, it is uh, in need of uh, some... DIY Since and stuff, so you know, I'm always there to give a hand. And but uh, yeah, in terms of myself, I yeah, I I've been trying to keep in shape. Obviously, there's nothing that can replace water polo. There's you know you could do all the swimming and all the you know weightlifting and all the high intense training in the world, but you know nothing will ever replace that physical contact. You know of, of wrestling. You know aggression. Yeah. Uh, nothing can replace that. But you know the, the best thing I can do is is try to keep in shape as best I can. You know, try and make sure I get like 10,000 steps in each day. Uh, I've got uh, my own set of dumbbells. I've got a barbell. I've got a bench. And I've got, you know, various uh, different uh, weights. So I've been trying to implement uh, sort of like a a push-pull legs sort of program for myself just to, you know, explore. You know, of course, you know, I I recently done my – um, level two fitness instructing qualification, and obviously that coincides with um, my sort of fitness regime. Trying to learn as well as get uh, you know get healthier and get fitter. So you know, well, they just keep in shape. Really. Talking talking about your qualifications, like you've other than you know you got a superb degree, superb you know B diplomas. Like underlying wise, you've got quite a lot of like lifeguarding. Um, like your your coaching yeah. your coaching qualifications your your fitness qualifications if you've got a good like list of of, of like accolades that it's well it just shows you know it's, it's a good it's a good reflection of your dedication yeah. to the sport like even yeah. even now when I was asking you about the misses with the um uh ligand is it um ligand no. Ligon. Oh, that's a, that's a chemistry <laughs> term. Sorry, I'm, I'm on about something else there. Uh, Achilles? What's, what's the thing below the ankle? Oh, Achilles tendon, yeah, because uh, your, your missus had a bit of discomfort and so pain like, after but some even, exercise, didn't she? Even something as small as that, like, you know, because you've done the work, it's, yeah. it's so, not like, using is a fit, but 
I know I can count on you to so if I ever pull anything, I know Matthew will know because you've done you've been there, done there, you've done the research. Like if if I know I got friends who are like are mechanics or if I know if my car broke like I know I can yeah. call them and I mean I well then but then I think about me. Well, what good have I got to get? What do you, you want to learn about science? You want to learn about atoms? <laughs> Who's ever gonna call me up and be like, ah, oh, I you know I'm busting to know how the periodic table works? <laughs> Who's ever gonna call me? Other than I mean, teaching kids chemistry at GCSEA level is <gasps> well, what good? What, oh. I'm never in. I'm never in need of a call. <laughs> like it's oh, Arvon, there's so many, you know elements and there's so many different things that we can call upon you for many things it's uh you probably just want to uh, paint your fence uh, well i mean if you're free next week and you can do that um. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh ah, is it is there anything that you've learned about yourself that you don't think you would you would have learned about yourself if the pandemic wasn't here oh christ um like your mental toughness maybe or like I think personally um, for me to give uh, an idea, yeah. I, I've I think I realize like I really need to. So I I I really need to spend time with people. Like I miss, I crave that social aspect. Like I am definitely a social person in terms of. I it's been absolute killer not being able to go out with 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 friends and family, like even going out with my missus. Like we can't, you cannot do it. I I am definitely not yeah. an introvert. I'm definitely someone who who needs to flip and just get out and about. That's just that's, I mean many others obviously feel like that. But what about yourself? Oh wow. Um... Um, I'm still trying to think, really. I don't think there's been many lessons learned from my point of view. Um, I think from my point of view, I, I've people do see me as quite a positive person. I always try to look at the positive side of things. And I've, I think the one thing that I try to stick to throughout this whole um, year is just try to find, you know, two or three things positive, trying to focus on, you know, obviously my... Uh, my main job, obviously, that's been changed various times throughout this past year. Um, but just having two or three things just to focus on, like just to coincide with as things pro- progressively gets back to the way they were, you know, just having another focus and just, you know, having a, yeah, just, just focusing on that. And just, and just, that'll just get me through. And I think just, it's just things like that that uh, I've really helped me get through it. And I've uh, I recently got a um, a nomination by Swim Wales um, for oh, wow. contribution to all the polo. Uh, of course, uh, I think you knew that, didn't you? I uh, back in uh, December, I think. I didn't want to bring that because yet again it was another situation where you were so close I, to winning. So close to winning. I, I'm fed up of runner-up math. I want to see some extra silverware in your back pocket. Yeah, um, 
Always a bridesmaid, never the bride. But uh, yeah, no. I, 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 yeah. Well, don't give them to my wedding then, Sipper. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, yeah, honestly, it was it's never one of those where I was just really appreciative to get a nomination. And one of the things that I tried to focus on during the pandemic was was trying to do my bit online and, uh, you know, especially for uh, Wales Water Polo. You know, I, I do quite a lot of things now with Twitter because they they put me in charge of that. And I try to do things on there, trying to keep in, t- like, trying to touch base with our uh, Welsh Water Polo community like, across the, the, the nation. And, uh um, yeah, I think they they saw my efforts as uh, you know has been really helpful and positive, and uh, that that got me the nomination. But uh, honestly, I, like with the professional um, practice award for the university, and going runner up to that to somebody who had done outstandingly well, I think with this as well. Um, yeah, I think the two guys um, who was Joe and Nia. Uh, not only are they players at um, a really good standard. They're both international players, but you know they have done things as well um, for the pandemic. You know, not, not only to keep themselves in the shape, but they have done other things to help other people to keep, you know, keep um, socially he- healthy and and uh, yeah, physically as well. So you know, and yeah, so I think Nia was the one who won it in the end. So you know, good honor really. She does she does deserve it. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to just. Uh, I'll have to just uh, hire more snipers next time. <laughs> <laughs> if um, right now, this very second, COVID disappears, never existed, gone, this very second, what's the first thing you would do? Or would you would you travel? Would you go to a restaurant? Like, it's gone. It's, it, there's no masks. There's no nothing. It's gone. What's the first thing you do? Uh, probably run down the street naked. <laughs> um, no. Um, go out. Uh, it's... I mean, I, I I do that whether it was COVID or not, but uh, no, I'm joking. <laughs> um, um, honestly, I think the the first protocol would probably um, to see you and Stephen properly. Oh, think, get out of you get out of here. Okay, you. No, honest, honestly, um, I, I, I yeah, like you are. I I missed that. You know, just it's. I think it's just that aspect of of. The fact that you know we can't have just like a simple handshake or or hug yeah. because obviously you know unnecessary contact is not needed. So um, well, I, think, I mean yeah, something massive yeah. that you helped out with, um, obviously to pass time during um, COVID is the this geocacher, geocacher, geocacher sort of. <laughs> yeah, geocaching. Yeah, geo-catching. I love it when you call it geocacher. I love it. <laughs> I. Uh, that is one of the best things that you could have ever have introduced me to because it's it's just a bit it's of fun. Great, it? It, it, I, I love it, it. It's not just a walk. Then at the end of the day, it's more than a walk. It's you know like a like a little treasure hunt, sort of scenario. And you could have yeah. these these little little um you know uh, boxes and whatnot that you got to find. They could be in trees. They could be behind rocks. They could be to do with waterfalls, yeah. Matt. So that's if if someone's looking for an idea to do during these COVID times, I mean, just type geocatcher in in Google, and I'm sure that it'll. Is it that simple? Can people? Is it? Yeah, literally, there's a. It's uh, for those people that um, are listening and uh, are not sure what geocaching is. It's it's essentially yeah, like I said, Avon. It's it's little boxes or little containers or um, little canisters. They are 
planted like a trailer breadcrumbs all around the world, right? And anybody can hide one. And essentially, they are hidden from sight. And you've got like this uh, map on your phone or any sort of device like that, or even like printed out, like following that. Like, and basically, you're it is like a treasure hunt where you are going on this trail or on this journey, and you are literally just searching for these little boxes and like people put little things in there. Like uh, just just to prove to be in there, they, they sign a like little log to say that uh, they they found it and uh, they go go on to the next one and the one after that and uh, you know what it, it's just um, it's just fun I don't know uh, yeah it's just it is good because you know you get you do so many miles doing it and it's like it's if people aren't a fan of walking you know uh, because it's long then at least this is something else you look forward to you know you're. It's a uh, very in 100%. touch with how people are like now. It's very um, like digital oriented because you use your phone to look at the map, track where these things are, and you know you've got to use like coordinates to locate where they are on the map and to find them and to navigate them. And then yeah, it's it's actually quite neat. Um, it's really really neat. It's I, right. Yeah. I must say, Matthew, that. Not a lot of people probably don't know this about you on the podcast, but this podcast probably wouldn't have been you without your input. And for people who don't know, the design of the podcast and the logo and the photos you see was all designed by Matthew yourself. So that is a massive, just an absolute thank you for for sorting all out for me. It, you make you probably made my life ten times easier when it even started this up. I don't know your skills on a computer. Uh, superb. Uh, I can't fault it. Cheers, mate. Um, so if this podcast makes like a uh, hundred million quid, then uh, you'll give me like a good uh, portion. <laughs> I know Joe Rogan. I what is it? just started. The most views, uh, <laughs> views, uh, listeners I had was with um, captain of um, the golf club, who, in fact, believe it or not, um, is superbly enough um just become chairman of um the county i think the county so gareth uh, if you're listening congrats for that um I'm gareth. but o- also what i think it's sort of it's quite funny math if you think like you imagine um i i don't know if i can have the conference to name the videos but we always did like little videos together little you know Little reviews oh, together, little um, yeah, uh, vlogs together, like, like yeah. sketches and and it was there are some on YouTube as we speak which we will not name. Can I repeat? We will not name. We will I, not. Honestly, right. I was thinking not, in my head. I was thinking. I was thinking he's gonna mention is he's gonna mention this right? <laughs> we cannot. We can't. We cannot name. Uh, I don't even know uh, the account. No, 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 I don't know. I don't know the account information anymore. There is no way. Yes, man. History this. films. I, 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 it's engraved on my memory. It's called Yes, man. History films. No, I, I <laughs> yes, that out. Honestly, <laughs> I, I do, I do, I, I, I'm never, ever, ever gonna get the account information. So that is on the internet. It's like. Well, for the next however millions of years, YouTube will probably be on. I will never ever be able to get that off the internet. No, especially for your wedding day. <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> oh my mm. word! I, 
I mean, we, we must have... What was we? We must have been about... Year 10 or something. So we, that's, that's still like... Third, is that 13, 14 years old? I can't... Uh, no, that's bit, about, yeah. About 15, I think. Older. About 15. Ah. Oh. Right. The thing is, I, the, the concept because um, I, I'm allowed to maybe not mention it, but um, so to all the listeners of this uh, podcast, um, Arvon had this idea where he, obviously we both wanted to show our love for football, so we did like a little analysis on Premier League games <laughs> and like selected Premier League games. And oh, good grief! I, I was thinking when Arvon pitched me the idea. I was thinking, oh, great, Thomas, but really good, that is, okay. So I was thinking, well, he'll, he'll come up with a really inventive, quirky name for it, you know, and it'll it'll be good. And, um, yeah, it, it turns out he, he ripped it off another popular TV program. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, oh. we got checked up to the library at one point, tripping being too loud. Uh, yeah, our, our first episode was in, like, the, the library of the school. And I, I don't think she because obviously in our school you had to speak Welsh because yeah. it was Welsh medium school. So we we did the this very first episode of this football analysis type of YouTube clip. Uh, we recorded it in the library. We tried to be as quiet and as obscure as we could to try and make sure that we could uh, do it without the um, receptionist noticing. And honestly, I, I, we could not get through it without even laughing or smirking. I'm, I'm looking at oh. the video now. I'm looking at the video. I'm, I am absolutely covered in acne. Oh my word! I that is a, a dot to dot pepperoni pizza face if I've ever seen one. It's absolutely oh. dreadful. I love the fact that if you know, I remember that one because. Um, the game that we analyzed was Man United. Yeah. Um, it was the one when John Terry scored the winner. I think Lampard scored a penalty. Vidya got sent off. Yeah, Rooney Rooney scored the equaliser, didn't he? I think. Or, oh no, Rooney scored the first goal. Lampard equalised with a penalty because. Did Vidya get sent off? Or? Yeah, Vidya got sent off, didn't he? Oh no, it was. Um, yeah, Rooney scored first, and then David Luiz scored and a half. David volley, Luiz half volley. Yeah. I remember now. And then Lampard scored a penalty because. Zirkov got fouled, I think. And then yeah, we won the game 2-1. Uh, <laughs> and then I I wrote on a piece of paper like all of the stats of, of the game, like uh, the scoreline <laughs> and the scorers and the senior. And I remember just having that on a half-folded piece of paper. We stuck that on a table. Um, if you've got your phone out, I recorded that. And, and uh, you said, Matthew, don't explain what happened in this game. And I was like... <laughs> what phone did I have back then? Would it have been a Blackberry? No. no. Um, it uh, may have been. Or would it have been a Motorola of some sort? I, I can't quite remember. Did you, I um, think um, it, may, it may have been a Blackberry because I think you, had, I think you still had a Blackberry when you were in college, weren't you? I think it was, think, well, it was one yeah. of the growing things. Everyone asking for each other's BBM and BBM me this. And it was sort yeah. of, I don't, think that Facebook and Twitter was quite well known in school at that age and so we are going back about 10, 11 years I think Bebo was uh, still quite big if we ever used Bebo yeah, it was uh, Bebo we had Windows Live Messenger, you remember that one? yes, 
Um, those were two. Facebook was sort of picking up at that point. It wasn't. I think most people were on Bebo, and I think some people were on MySpace and, and, and things like that. And uh, uh, you know, Windows Live Messenger was probably the biggest one. I'm, I'm BlackBerry and be, um, it's crazy but, to uh, think how far yeah. technology has come. Like, I mean, as simple as this now, like a quick Zoom call, it's a two second job. It's it's uh, it's crazy. Do you um, do you sort of miss like? I personally, I think you don't realise how superb school is until you leave and like when you really think about it, you get to spend pretty much all day with your friends. You, if you like school, I mean, I like school. So it was great for me, you know, football during the day, you know, break time. There was the, I got along with the teachers, so that was fine. You know, you spend time with friends, you eat with your friends, you... It was, it was, everything was pretty much yeah. done for you. You, you don't really, like, and then obviously when you get to adult life, there's responsibilities, there's bills, there's, so did you, did you like school? What, did you miss, do you not like school? What, what was like the final straw for you to, to cut it off? Did you, did you finish your A-levels or what, what was? Um, well, no, because A-levels didn't quite go the way I wanted it to. Um, I didn't quite get the results I wanted in the exam, so I think at that point, then I, I needed to find a different lane. Yeah. And um, no, generally, I I did enjoy school. I think it it just got to a point when um, I did I worked really hard in school, um, and. I think that it just got to a point where it just sort of boiled over. You know, I was getting, um, I just couldn't cope with the end of it. Oh, that's fair um, enough. I, at the end of the day, I mean, look where you are now. You've done absolutely fine. So you haven't got to worry about yeah. that. You haven't got to worry about that now. But I, I think I, I, pro- yeah, I probably wasn't in the, the right, I probably wasn't studying the right subject for me at that point. And then it, it was about, uh, like finding my own lane after that then and uh, you know eventually I did so hey. so obviously one of the biggest things that everyone's looking forward to with uh, COVID you know with the like at the end of the tunnel is going out drinking is going out partying is having a you know good few pints down them I remember our couple of first times going to say you know going to Aberdeen going to Vodka Bar going to Judges I yeah. I can remember there's some um, there's got I I need an explanation to to what happened to me during that night that I slept over some random person's house and I didn't have a flipping clue who they were it was just some random geezer's house that their doors were unlocked and I slept on the couch wait what what, what I don't understand where you guys went what happened there I. I need some. I don't know. Oh. I, I need because I know, you were one of the other people. So I need. I need an idea. I need. A, I need a picture of, of of what I must have said. Um, I got me on this, Aaron. I I sort of half remember. I remember you telling me that story at the time, like the day after it happened. But honestly, I I can't actually remember. I can't pinpoint when this exactly happened, and because of that, I, I can't remember. <laughs> oh, well, we must have got. Out of our skulls that night because ah, I just don't remember. <laughs> it's superb. 
I'm sure there'll be more there'll be more evenings like that anyway to come when everything opens up again. You um I know you've got a good stories yourself uh going out um drinking with friends, but you've got to tell me the one again where you <laughs> you were in university and you were playing a drinking game and it was I think what was it first down there pint or something uh got to sit down again. Oh, good God. Oh, uh, all right. Yeah, okay. So um, it was me and the University of South Wales Waterport team. Um, right. Can I just say that I wasn't that good at drinking at, the, at this point? Oh, man, I was awful. Honestly, <laughs> so I was horrendous. So what happened? There was like this thing where um, because... UD South Wales and I think it was Cardiff Met or Cardiff Uni, their, their water polo team or whoever it was, because our captain and their captain knew each other, we all got together, you know, have a little uh, like a little social. Um, because I'll, we had about probably 20-odd people around the table, because it was all full, I went to get a drink. A guy was in my seat, like from the other club, from the other team. And uh, my captain was like, okay, right, in order to reclaim your seat, you've got to down your drink faster than that guy. Yeah. So um, he started off with a little chant. And here's, I'm holding a pint. I, I ordered something which tasted like, which tasted like cat speed, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it, was like Fos- it was like Foster's, but it was worse than that. It tasted, it didn't taste very nice, but I... I ordered it because it was cheap, and I was thinking, you know, if, if I order cheap pints, then I'm going to have you know, more to buy. Yeah, you don't want to buy an expensive um, pint and down it, do you? You want to be able to enjoy a pint. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking, right, I'm going to enjoy this nice pint, you know, have a little sit down, you know, uh, have a little chat, you know, and uh, I, I, this, this pint will last me, you know, for a good half an hour because I'll, I'll enjoy it. Then suddenly I get back to my chair, all right, Marv, um, you've lost a seat, but you could reclaim it if you down this pint faster than the other guy. It's like, Okay, right, all right. <laughs> so uh, he started a little chant. Um, I, I, if I remember how it went, he was like, um, uh, here's to you, here's to me. Uh, uh, I can't remember how it goes, but it was something like that. And, uh, Down your pint in one, two, three. It, it may have been, yeah. But I, I'm, basically, this guy tempted me. Uh, he, <laughs> I've been, he probably, I, I managed to finish it. But he finished a good two seconds before I did, so I had to stand up, like, um, near their table. And because I was so not used to drinking at other point, you know, it was like, it went down, it came straight back up, like, and I I could feel it. So I had to sort of keep my mouth closed and, like, as subtle as I could, make my way to the bathroom. But the thing is, I didn't know where the bathroom was. Yeah, oh, so no. Oh, no. I put my hand over my mouth. I just um, looked at her waitress, and she knew what I was doing. She thinking it's over there, and, and as soon as I got into the bathroom, it was it was sort of in the sink. My um, my lunch and the drink. That's a rough so, night. I uh, I think I've been a little. I don't know. Obviously, unlucky, lucky. Um, because of my situation of being a part time student. I mean, well, I like um studying four modules a year whilst working I've um not been out out you know with um a lot of student groups 
uh, with, with drinking. I've uh, the last the the first group I ever started with, I I got along superb with them. I don't think we went on a drinking night, but um, I I speak to some of the boys to this day, some of my good friends, um, sure. Sam and Paolo, for example. Uh, the the group who will be graduating this year, who I who was my second group I was with, um, I've gone on a few nights out with them. Superb, great friends. Big again, Leah, uh, Cameron, I you know Tim, a few, uh, Josh, Tone, like so many. Then you've got the group that I will be graduating with um, next year. Uh, I like because of COVID, I haven't been able to go on a a night out with them, get to know them. So I, yeah. as much as I'll, I'll finish next year with a degree and, and uh, you know, I've done university, I don't really think I I have had that proper university experience. So I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what I would have done, but everyone, you know, goes through university during their different times. Some with kids, some go at the, you know, retirement age. And that's, well, that's just the beauty of studying, you know, in, in a college or uni. It's, it's up to you really at the end of the day. Um, yeah, it's it's like yeah, you're in the same boat as many other people because they they want to go to university not only you know to to set out what they achieve to do like in terms of degree but they'd also want to experience the you know the the nightlife you know socializing with uh, people from various backgrounds and yeah it's uh, it is a real shame that this has happened and uh, it's sort of you know, fought in their experience and and yours included. You know, um, uh, it's it is it's always going to be like you feel like that you've missed out a good aspect of university. You know, which is something that you know everybody enjoys, or like or a big significant proportion of people do anyway. I can imagine. What um, mm-hmm. going to get a little bit philosophical on you, Mas? Why? Throughout your entire life living <laughs> what do you think has been your biggest achievement to date oh god i, I knew you asked me that <laughs> i do oh. oh dear me um I, I i thought you'd ask me that because you sort of touched upon it in in previous podcast and i have a i i have a little think about it myself and and there's been so many different kind of things that I, I've managed to achieve. And the way that I see it, that um, strength doesn't come from what you think you can achieve. It's about strength really comes from achieving something that you once thought you couldn't. And to be honest, my degree is a huge incredible achievement which I said I had to do um I think I always had I always had the sort of knowledge and the awareness that I could do it so in one way that is sort of probably my biggest achievement on paper but there has been other various things which I've achieved which at the time I thought looked like were a massive watershed moment for myself. Yeah. Um, I when I first did my uh, national pool life convocation, um, I was eighteen. Yeah. Um, 
I would say that was a big moment, a big moment in my development as a as a young man. And I think that was a that was a really big stepping stone towards my personal development. Because um, at that point, um, I was probably not nowhere near as confident as um, I, I am now. That because that course had the the pool of course had so much theory and practical stuff to it and I was struggling at both of those at that point. You know, even though I was a good swimmer, yeah. you know, you know, I was like struggling to take things in. Um and I think I just showed resilience and perseverance and I honestly thought I'd have I was thinking I was probably a bit negative at the point and I was thinking, you know, what if I fail, you know, what steps can I take to retake it and to try again? But when I passed it the first time, I yeah. thought that was a, a huge moment for me. And probably the same thing for the fitness instructing as well. Um, even though that I, I already had a degree. Yeah. Um, at that point, right, this was actually something that, um, obviously I was into my fitness, you know, doing, um, high intensity fitness, you know, doing running and swimming, but, um, a gym experience and doing like things like free weights, resistance machines, this was like a, an area which I hadn't really touched on before. And all the, the theory stuff, like with uh, physiology, anatomy, you know, things like that, I, I was pretty much good on anyway, because of my degree, yeah. but, um, I think I was doing this course around about the time when my, uh, my uh, aunt sadly passed away, and my head was was not in the right frame of oh, mind to do that, anything. You know, um, I my head was all over the place. Literally, even as simple as a deadlift, I just couldn't do because I was in my brain. My brain was just not putting things together. You know, you know, like uh, just not right, like, not right frame of mind. Yeah, exactly, you know, it, it, like, things like, you know, putting your shins close to the bar, you know, slight bend in the knees, you know, keeping your back in a nice neutral position. Like these things that you would take for granted while doing a deadlift, they were just weren't coming together for me when, when I was trying to learn it. Um, and because that was, I was still sort of really upset over my aunt passing away and, and literally, my work didn't know about this. I, I this course got sort of postponed so many times and I was thinking you know I I don't want it to be postponed another time and I gotta wait another few months for it to happen you know after Christmas or whatever so I I just said I'm gonna do it I'm gonna try and do the best I can and and um again when it went when it went to the practical assessment oh, oh, you know my head was still not quite right um, you must this you must have had some strong mental fitness to like that that is yeah. I can't even imagine that must have been such a difficult that's that's, that's crazy that's yeah it was it was really in terms of mentality it was it was quite tough and it it's in my head it sounds like when I when I look back there I, I do think you know of you know in in other circumstances I would have aced that but you know when it, you know, it's like you've got to be when you're acting as a fitness director, you've got to sort of be a bit of a, an actor, and any sort of 
personal problems, you've got to put it yeah. to a side and you've got to try and focus on on getting the job done. And um, yeah. I think um, when I first did the assessment, um, to be fair, fair play to the uh, um, the course tutor, he was really supportive. He could tell that I obviously had the potential and I had the knowledge and I had the commitment to become, to do the course, but he could tell that my head wasn't quite, wasn't quite in the game and I was visibly upset and I wasn't going to quite get the best out of me at that point. So yeah. he, he worked with me after the course and, you know, we did some one-on-one training. He helped me to get a bit more confidence in, in, uh, in the gym and to get me more used to training with machines and free weights and, um, yeah, at this point now, where he helped me get through, um, yeah, he helped me get uh, the convocation. You know, um, all the things are in place, and uh, yeah, I'm a fully qualified level two fitness instructor, and uh, you know, I've got my own, uh, I've got my own weights and uh, my own barbell, and uh, yeah, I'm sort of like living on the go, and uh, I'm enjoying it. So that's, you know, great stuff in it. That's class. Like it does show. I. I see it with some of the students in the university. You, you can't ever know what is going in, what's going on during people's personal lives, and and you know there might be some people who don't submit a bit of work on time because there might be a family member that's passed away, and more so obviously with COVID now. You know you don't know who could have a loss or or you know be unwell from COVID, and it's. I think some people, I. There's, you know, there's a joke that goes on TikTok at the moment, like, tell me, uh, there's a little thing where they say, tell me what, it likes, what it's like to work in America without telling me what it's like to work in America. And it's, and it's more so of, like, people just concentrate on the business and nobody cares about how the person feels and, and, how, and what the person has going on in their life. And it's just all business, business, business. And I think what we do, I think good... Here, especially in Wales, I don't know what it is about Wales, but we seem to wanna know, you know, make sure that the person is in the best health, mental wise, physical wise, for yourself. I bet that person, maybe you might not have seen it, but that your that instructor would have probably gone home and felt ten times better for making you feel good. And I, yet again, it just shows. Your, your mental toughness you know through everything that you know all the the hurdles you've had to jump over you just smashed them and yet again it's, it's a, a reason why you are where you are today yeah i i just think like in our situation i think you've got to show resilience and perseverance you know if it's something that you want to achieve then just got to persevere through the two you know done d- don't let any sort of obstacles deter what you want to, what you set out to do. And he, he could tell that I I really wanted to do it. It just, you know, at that point in time, I just weren't at the races. And um, yeah, I think that obviously he could see that. And uh, I knew that deep down that I wanted to achieve. I wanted to, to get the convocation in. And uh, so, um, obviously he didn't know the full details of why I, I was, yeah. I wasn't quite there but um yeah you know we we just we to him yeah good on him really he was uh he supported me through that uh just want to get me uh, a lot more confident and uh 
um, sort of tried to give me really good tips and hints on how to become yeah, an okay instructor, to be a good instructor, you know, to, yeah, and, uh, yeah, sometimes it's just showing your willingness, your dedication, your commitments, you know, your, your endeavours, all these things that, that, you know, you need to prove to yourself, but also to prove to other people that, you know, you are this person, you've got this strong substance and mentality behind you to achieve what you truly want to uh, set out to do. 100%. Math, I've known you over, what, 15 years, pretty much quite easily? This... Um... Yeah, no, it, it will be that, wouldn't it? 2007, 2006, so... Was, yeah, about, about 15 years, isn't it? I uh, Something I thought I knew about you is that, you know, you look after yourself, dress well, clean, haircut, but it sounds... And I know why is that I've been very, very wrong. You are one of the scruffiest buggers I know with that beard at the moment, and I cannot wait for you to shave it off for my it's wedding, for my wedding especially. But what I wanted to ask you is, mm-hmm. what is something that people often get wrong about you? Oh wow, that's a um. Oh wow, that's a that's a really difficult question. <laughs> um. Wow, um, it's hard to get into people's minds. To be honest, um, I'm not sure what to think about you half the time. Um, that's difficult. It's is there anything that comes to mind that you you would think people would perceive about me that they may not? I'm not sure about that one. I, I'm not sure what to think about. To be honest, maybe. Maybe if they don't, maybe if they didn't see you swim prior, they would have thought you're not a good swimmer. But uh, you'd surprise them, maybe something like that. Um, and I'm not uh, calling you fat. I am not calling you fat. Let's just get out of the stocky. Stocky, I'm stocky, son. You stocky. just built like a brick house at the moment. That's all. It, maybe, yeah. Um, quite a lot of people when you look at me, they, when I tell them I'm a water polo player they probably because it's an obscure sport that obviously that, that kind of sport doesn't come to mind um 100% yeah I, I think they probably would associate me with more of a rugby player because I've got sort of like a maybe like a, a big build with shoulders and uh yeah and when when I say uh, I'm not actually a rugby player I'm actually a water polo player and then uh, and that sort of surprised me a bit um I, I was sort of thinking more on like the, the personality sort of um, roots. I was thinking. Um, yeah. Well, fair enough. Uh, I mean, if I was honest, people people perceive me as a diligent, hardworking, considerate person, and uh, yeah, I mean, we'll go with that then. Yeah, yeah, right there. <laughs> right. What is a program on TV that you've binged? What What was your favourite sort of program that you've ever binged ever? Um, I don't watch a lot. I don't watch a lot of TV. I'm usually too busy doing other things. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, um. Oh wow! I'm trying to think of that one. That's 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 that one. Um. I, I I liked I really liked um, EastEnders and Home and Away for quite a long time, but uh, it got to a point when 
Um, because I had so many things I had to do on the go, um, it's sort of like it got to a point where I couldn't I couldn't keep up with it in the end. I uh, I was missing an episode. I was thinking, okay, I'll, I'll watch that like tomorrow or, or the day after. And eventually, he just got to one episode, Mister Two, to three, to four, and uh, yeah, eventually, uh, home and away in extenders were things I watched quite often. But then, um, it got to a point where I was so far back I, I couldn't catch up. So it was those two programs I, I like to watch quite a lot. But then, you know, they're they're sort of things in the past. I do sort of look at the headlines in the TV guide now and then, and thinking, okay, that's happening this week, and our oh, so and so's leaving, and so on. But, um. I like Silent Witness when that's yeah. on. That's that's usually on about January or or whenever it's on. You know, that's quite good. I like watching that. Um, um, apart from that, um, I think I think yeah, there's not many programs I really watch on TV. No, not many. There's um, I think obviously with with COVID, um, there's one thing that you're definitely missing. And we talked about football and, and various other sports and, and going to see friends. But I can imagine that you are, and you've missed out on it this year, which is unfortunate. But you were looking forward to going to the darts in Amsterdam. Oh, the darts! <laughs> I know where uh, you oh, um, And you went last year? No, the year before that, 2019, 2018? 2019, 2019, yeah. You've got to tell and share the story of that taxi ride. I'm just going to let, I'm just going to give you the floor. And uh, give me the scenario. Give me, give me the uh, the the start of this story. Oh, good grief! Um, well, okay. So, um, in um Netherlands back in 2019, um, me and uh, you know, our other best mate Stephen, we. Obviously, we went to Netherlands because he wanted to go see the darts. Uh, but we wanted to do things around that, like just things in the daytime, like little activities. We wanted to go to, I think... Did you, uh, yeah. did you go to any cafes? <laughs> I, I, I had some cakes in that way. <laughs> um, um, funny enough, right, we, actually, we, we did go down the uh, red light district. And, uh, no you know, surprise, you've got, unbelievable. Um, you got ladies at the windows, you know, uh, waving at you to, uh, you know, to uh, coax you to come in. And, uh, you know, <laughs> one, one waved at me, and I, and I gave a cheeky wink, you know, way. Uh, um, but yeah, there's um, quite a lot of things went wrong this holiday. Um, the hotel caused a big problem because whenever you go to a hotel, um, they take like photocopies of your passport or identity card or whatever you got really, just to, just to prove that you your details, your personal details and documentation match their booking. So, yeah, this hotel, they should have known that we were there, me and Stephen, but for some reason, we couldn't get into our room when we used our card. We went down to reception, and Stephen... Um, because he made the book in, he had all the details on his phone and he had like all the, the proof that uh, money been transferred over to the hotel to pay for the room and so on. And um, somehow they managed to mix up Stephen Gardner with Roger Johnson. How? Some guy called Roger how? Johnson. So, how do you mix Roger Johnson with us? Incredible. That's, in, that's... And honestly, I, I, 
to be fair to Stephen, I have never seen him so infuriated. <laughs> oh man! Oh, Stephen. Because Stephen is quite angry. Yeah, Stephen is naturally he's quite a reserved uh, lad, but to be fair to him, when he needed to speak up, he did right and. Um, uh, obviously, we yeah, couldn't get yeah. it back into a room. Our staff was still in there, all our suitcases. And obviously, these guys think that he's called Roger Johnson. And Stephen, literally, um, the only way I can describe it is, you know, the monitor of the reception, you know, which shows on the booking. Stephen, literally, he he asked, right, I want to see that monitor. He sort of grabbed onto it, pulled it towards his, his way. <laughs> and, and he said, can you show me... No, our room, our, and this time, he looked at the name, Roger Johnson, and, and Stephen said, but who's that booked for us, for our room? And the manager, who's down trying to sort it out at the point, said, he said, well, that's you. And uh, Stephen said, no, 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 that's not me. That's not my name. So Unbelievable. Um, that was one thing that went wrong. Um, I lost my debit card, so I couldn't take any more money out, but I had plenty of money with me, but that was a problem as well. Um, so we move on to the taxi, which uh, is what you mentioned. Um, we wanted to go to the zoo. Um, we could have walked there, but Stephen wanted to take a taxi for some reason. Um, and I reluctantly said, okay, all right. Um, I suppose if we took a taxi, then, you know, it would mean we'd be definitely on time for all the things we plan to do. You know, even though I don't mind walking, you know, half an hour to get a place. But Stephen said, no, let's take a taxi. So, we went to a taxi rank. Um, I was talking to a taxi who was at the front. I was trying to explain to him because um, I had like a map um, and some very kind people in uh, in like the miniature world of uh, in the uh, in Amsterdam or wherever it was. Or yeah. Amsterdam, I can't remember what it was, but um, they had circled where the zoo was on his map. Yeah. So I literally I I went to the taxi driver in the front, right. I said to uh, the gentleman, um, we want to go here. Can you take us here? And he said, yeah, no problem. Give me five minutes um, to answer this phone call or whatever. And then uh, we'll take it there. And Stephen, right, he, he's he been impatient once again. He's a taxi driver or, you know, taxi. He's pulled up behind. He's got a cracked windscreen, right? And he's got no... Because in, in taxis, you've got like a... Unlike the dashboard or on like the windscreen, like on the inside of the car, it's got like certification, it's got some sort of documentation to prove that the taxi is like a authorised taxi driver. There was none of that. Stephen just said, oh, Matt, you know, this guy, he's, he can take us there right now, jump in. And I'm like... Unbelievable. I, I was thinking, but I'm, I've got a Steve, he's going to take us now, this guy. And Stephen was like, nah. oh, no, 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 I'm not waiting for four minutes. Like, get in the car now. So we got into the car and <laughs> Stephen told him to go to Rotterdam Zoo. Instead of saying the Dutch version or showing him the map, Stephen just said to the, to the this taxi driver who couldn't speak much English, can you take us to Rotterdam Zoo? Um, I got Google Maps out to check that we were going, we were going the right way. For, a, for about two minutes, we were. We then started to take a little D route, right? Yeah. And... And I showed Stephen my phone, who's in the back of the car with me. And I said, Stephen, we, we're not going the right way, son. <laughs> we're not going the right way. And at this point, I heard the doors at the back lock in. <laughs> right? 
I, and I was thinking, oh my God, Steve, we're gonna, I, I, I was thinking in my head, I was thinking, we're going to get mugged here, aren't we? We're, he's driving us to not our location, right? We're driving away from it. I was thinking, oh my God, we're going to get mugged here. <laughs> so the guy took us to Rotterdam Zooid, but Rotterdam Zooid is actually, Zooid is south. Oh, um, in, in I can Dutch. imagine you were sweating, so, sweating mate, as well. I, I, mate, I can't even oh imagine. Oh my god! I, I was thinking right, and and um, the tax driver was asking, "No, um, we didn't want me to drop us off." And I was thinking, "Mate, just get this drop us off here. It's fine." <laughs> um, so instead of taking us to Rotterdam Zoo, we went to Rotterdam Zoo, which is South Rotterdam, which was actually where our hotel was. So we've literally gone back to our hotel. And, and that's when the incident he, with the hotel happened. He yeah. So he charged us forty euros, and I said, "Oh, Stephen, let's just pay him and let's just go because I don't want to stay in a taxi." Fair enough. So, uh, that, that was quite stressful, and I was trying to communicate to Stephen. I was trying to say, "Stephen, Edric are finished," which we're just like, which is Welsh for Steve. Look at the window because he didn't realise the windscreen cracked. And I was trying to explain to him, right, that, you know, this is a dodgy taxi. You know, this is not a proper taxi, man. Ah, oh, my word. I would have killed him. Uh, I would have killed him if I was me. There's, um, obviously, other than that, there's been many other holidays with us three. We know Tenerife. There's been many good caravan sessions. Um, and there's obviously many more on the cards to come for the near future. And de- well, definitely for the future now with... Covid getting in the way of many many trips and there's if there's one place that you could go uh, with me and Stephen I mean I uh, we did a little um, a little uh, game obviously a few years ago to see where we our dream place would be and somehow we ended up being Hawaii no <laughs> no no cheating at all in that one oh uh, no I wasn't fixed at all was it <laughs> to then realise that Hawaii was about five grand a person and as a <laughs> seventeen year old. Five grand is pretty much a million quid, so that was off the cards. But where would yeah. what is like a, a dream destination that you'd love to travel to? That you well, then again, isn't it that France, Paris? That oh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> what is that called again? Saint French Polynesia, Saint Asia, French Polynesia, French Polynesia. Honestly, right, Arv, it, it is absolute haven. It, it's the water, right? It's so uh, cleanse. It's so nice, right? Oh man, it's great. It's. Um, did you know where it is, by the way? I'm gonna go with the Maldives, near Bora Bora, maybe. Is it? Well, just to narrow it down, it's. Um, I think off the top of my head, I think it's in the. South Pacific, I think. Uh, basically, if you were to go towards, um, I don't know, say if you go towards Alaska, and I think if you went directly south towards the Pacific Ocean, I think it's probably nearby New Zealand, thereabouts. Okay. Um, east, probably east towards, uh, go to New Zealand, go east, maybe a bit north, I think. And it should be around in the South Pacific Ocean, somewhere around there. But that's where French Polynesia is. And oh, it's just a wonderful place in the world. It's great. And if 
obviously it's very expensive to go there, you know, trying to fly out there. Yeah, but yeah. Um, um, it's it's a wonderful place in the world. If if money was no object, I would probably go there. I've always wanted to go there. I don't blame you. I, I'd love to go to Mexico. Um, personally, I th- I think it's oh oh yeah, just just somewhere where then again, you know. You can't always guarantee sun. There's always going to be one of them days where it rains, torrential rain, and it's... Watch now on my honeymoon or something. It's going to muck me and, 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 and Millie up. It's, I can't even imagine. It's... Yeah, I, I think there's going to be a lot of people going on holidays when this pandemic's over. A lot of people celebrating. Um, they just increased the furlough to September, which is strange, obviously, because they're looking to open everything up late June but I'm guessing it's going to be worst case now if they've got to extend anything I know Drakeford Wales I don't know if we're a couple of weeks behind them making decisions but we'll you know by the end of this year everyone will have at least had their first vaccine and a lot will have had their second vaccine it's looking good on the cards that by the start of 2022 we could be looking at getting some sort of normality again and and I, I can't wait I can't wait to be able to just be like Mass do you want to do you want to go for a meal? Do you want to go bowling? What do you, do you know? Do you want what, yeah. do you want to go go karting? Do you want to go ping ponging? Like just ain't like yeah. and it's just no worries. Like yeah, not a problem. Yeah, my after do you want to sit on the bench? <laughs> yeah. 100%. Oh man. To yeah, um, it's to where we at? Oh wow, an hour and fifty three minutes, man. This is one long podcast. <laughs> it's an unbelievable podcast. I um, will have to call it quite shortly, just because nine o'clock is get stuff ready for tomorrow time. But we'll definitely have to do a second one together down the line. Before so. um, we call this podcast a finish, I've just got five, six fast-paced questions for you. Just where? Well, like Quick fire questions, is it? Quick fire questions, wherever comes to your mind, okay? Alright. Right. Question one. Your most uh most loved athlete ever from any sport. Oh Christ almighty. <laughs> um Didier Drogba's probably yeah. I'll, I'll go for him. <laughs> I think <Right>. so. <laughs> Dart or Newport County. Well, you from Newport County, probably um, um, even Mike Flynn or David Pipe. Would you rather watch the darts or watch Newport? Oh, Christ Almighty! Um, probably, probably Newport. But then again, it uh, depends. <laughs> depends. Yeah, Newport. Go for Newport. Up the county. <laughs> going to the gym or going for a 5k run um oh my god um well I like doing weightlifting um in my own sort of regime so probably 5k run I think yeah favourite meal oh Christ almighty um You've really put me in a spot here. Yeah? <laughs> um, oh my god! I I, I think it's got to be, it's got to be uh, chicken chalfrizi. I think 
Favorite drink? Uh, favorite drink? Um, cranberry juice or cause light? And last but not least, how would you like to be remembered? Um, oh, that's tough. That's to be that's to be determined soon. <laughs> um, that's absolutely fine. I uh, you, uh, you, you just reminded me of um, your answer with a favorite meal. That uh, I I'm here to remind you on this podcast. I am never ever 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 doing a foul challenge ever again. Even though I said that after the first attempt, I am never ever ever doing a foul attempt ever again after that second attempt as well ever. Period. Full stop. Exclamation mark. Ever. Yeah, we'll see about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I'm sure. I'm sure something can be arranged. I'm. I. <laughs> it's gonna have to be a lot of money on the line. What if there was a, a nice golf bag for you uh, if you finished it? Can you give me a golf brand name? Lacoste. Lacoste. I mean, oh, I can't give you that. That's more tennis, surely. Oh. <laughs> Sorry about it. I mean, Have you got you, any you, last words for the podcast, Matt? Um, I I just want to say you know thank you very much for this uh, very enlightening uh, two hours. It's been a pleasure. I've, I've um, it's been a pleasure. Have you know? Thank you for choosing me as De- your. We're definitely gonna have to have. Obviously, a second one down the line. And when Stephen is a little bit more confident, we're going to have trio podcasts. I, I, I mean, it probably will similar be. It will be like the Ricky Gervais show, similar in a way, but it'll be a bit of a jokey, jokey sort of podcast. And uh, that'll be a bit of fun. That's obviously to come down the near line. Yeah, I know. I, I can't wait um, to hear this out on the, uh, you know, on this episode. And, uh, yeah, also for future podcasts as well, because you know we will lose again and uh, we'll discuss different kind of topics and uh, yeah. Well, just imagine wow. listening to this, you know, in a decade time again. And this is what I love about it, you know. Imagining listening, you know, we're talking about COVID at this moment. Imagine a decade from now, we listen back and we're like, trying to remember COVID. You know, I, I mean, twenty twenty was a was a mad year altogether. Without COVID, you had like the Australian fires. You had random explosions you i mean even now you've got texas flipping blizzards you know minus 20 weather it's, a, it's crazy the last few years have been mental and uh it definitely never want to remember it to be honest but it'll be fun to listen back to these in the near future oh certainly will have yeah oh man <laughs> Right, so oh. on that note, Math, thank you so much for being my guest on episode 7 of the Avon Carhartt Show podcast. Pleasure as usual, and thank you, and I hope you have a very good day, good evening, and a good night's sleep. Yeah, you too, mate. Uh, thank you much for uh, yeah the, the podcast, and uh, keep it the good work, son. Right, thank you, Math. Take care. Goodbye. Goodbye.